Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now, it's time to get to work. Adam, I think Travis Kelsey just picked up another 25-yard catch while not being covered. Wow. That's that's how we're going to start. All right. Okay. Uh, you, you, you just... Uh, just went for it. You just, I mean, you just stuck the knife in, you twisted it a little bit. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, you know, it was interesting. Wait, wait, wait. Well, uh-oh. Breaking news. Another one for 30 yards. Oh, my gosh. Uncovered. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because uh, you can't get burned if you don't cover somebody. And so Kelsey didn't burn anybody because nobody covered him. So the defense is fine. It's fine. It We're all fine here. Strategy. It was, it was a very it was a very bold strategy to not cover one of the best tight ends in football. Yeah, it was um it was hard to this was a hard game to watch. Uh and I think maybe that's where we start at 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 the fact that this was a hard game to watch. And there and there's a lot of different takes about whether or not the Broncos were were wanted to be there or didn't want to be there. And, and a lot of, you know, sort of, there was a lot of back and forth in like the, the MHR Slack channel and uh, I'm sure on Twitter and things like that about, uh, you know, did they want to be there or was it the conditions? And, and I'm, 
I'm inclined to suggest that that the snow was really a, a huge issue for the Broncos defense, much bigger than it should have been. And 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 to me, that's confusing, or at least it's frustrating because they never seem to adjust. And so a guy like Travis Kelsey just totally takes advantage of that and just eats them alive. And it did feel like every time it was third and whatever, Travis Kelsey was a catch for a first down. I mean, I would I don't know what the stats are, but I would I would guess that about half of his catches were for first downs. At least. Maybe more. And it's not just the fact that they didn't cover Travis Kelsey. The whole secondary was burned. I, I joked in the winners and losers that the Broncos secondary should check into a, a Kansas City emergency room for for burn marks because the entire secondary was torched. The entire defense was torched. The defensive line didn't get pressure. Somehow, the Broncos got three sacks. I don't know how they got that many because it seemed like Patrick Mahomes was just standing back there or running around at will making plays to a wide-open Travis Kelsey. And I, the linebackers didn't help in coverage. They didn't help in containment. So like the rest of the defense, they didn't do much of anything. It was, it was just it, it was not a good day for the Broncos defense. No, and and we were we were talking a, a little bit about um about this before the before we started recording here and and I mentioned something. I was lucky enough to have the old man in town and we watched the football game together. And one of the things that we were talking about is, is, is snow and weather like this being the great equalizer. And that was, it sort of brought up a conversation because snow, in, in my opinion, and this was something that sort of popped into my head as we were talking about it. And I, and I think a lot of people can understand this when you have two teams, one is better than the other, but they're kind of close. Snow sort of brings them together and you get, uh, you get a, an evenly matched game. But when you have two teams that, that play against each other and one is is markedly better than the other, like to the point of, of simply just superior talent and, and a clearly better team and it's not close, then Snow widens the gap, right? Snow enhances that gap and, and makes one team look that much better than the other. And, and I do get the sense watching this game was, was, was sort of like watching that. It was, it was watching that. Uh, that gap it was exacerbating all of those issues and and let's let's be frank about it here it it actually ended up being not that bad but it just looked like that one team was a Super Bowl contender and one team probably has won more games than they should have this season that's that's kind of the idea that I, that you get from watching this game at the same point though this is also a team that a couple of calls from the officials, they win three more games. So there's three games that could go different ways. That's why the season is so weird about how there's times where they just look completely out of their element as a team against a team like the Kansas City Chiefs. And this this statistic from Andrew Mason highlights that. In the two games against Kansas City this year, the Broncos were outscored 53-9. to and as Mace pointed out on Twitter, that minus 44-point margin is the worst for Denver in a single season against the Chiefs since 1968, when it was minus 55. But at the same point, you have the Bears game. You have the Jaguars game. You have 
you have those games where a call here or a call there, especially on those drives where the where the Bears and the Jaguars get the benefit of a couple of phantom calls and they go on to win. This is a team that could add two or three wins to its win total right now. That's a that's a great point, and it's one of those things. I think football is is a sport that that happens to be like if you think about the other sports, right? The other major sports, there are so many more games that when you get these little these I don't I don't know if aberrational is the word, but these calls that sort of affect a game to to the point like for example the Bears game a magic second falls from the sky and they get to kick a field goal even though the game should have been over the Bears win and the Broncos lose those are the kinds of things that like in an NBA season or or a major league baseball season you you uh, complain about them for that day but then there's a game the next day and then there's you know and then you play four or five more games but you know before the end of the week or, or you know what I'm saying and so you sort of you complain about it, but then you move on. In football, it so very much affects the season to have a game end like that to where we're sitting here at this point looking at a Denver Broncos team that is going to uh, have its third straight losing season, which is insanity for us as Broncos fans who have never experienced that in our lifetimes. And and now, you, you know what I'm saying? Like we're, You're sitting here kind of like, this is a team that could be flip-flop three games headed to the playoffs. That's what's so That's football. I mean, it's so weird. This season is one of the most weird seasons for the Broncos that I can remember. And you mentioned the three straight losing seasons. It's the first time since 1970-72 that the Broncos as an organization have experienced three straight losing seasons. The Broncos also see their losing streak against their AFC West rivals jump to nine games. I I mean, but yet two or three games away, and this is a completely, we're having a completely different conversation about this organization. It's, it's just, it's weird. And there's a tweet that Andrew Mason had, and I, obviously we're going to, I think we should transition into talking about Drew Locke now. <laughs> and some some people are I think are are really overreacting about all of this uh, just based on some of the things that I've seen and I I think that he didn't play that bad if anything he showed me that he should be the unquestioned starter for this organization going into 2020 to be one of the players that one of the few players who continue to battle and continue to fight like Cortland Sutton, Shelby Harris on defense. I was impressed with the way Drew Locke conducted himself. There's a couple of throws that he would like to have back, but he also made a couple of throws that were straight money. And you have to take into account the drops that the tight ends and the running backs and the receivers gave to Locke the horrible protection that he got from that horrible offensive line. I think that's I think that's one of the biggest takeaways on offense. If there was any question that Garrett Bowles and this offensive line is serviceable going forward, that's over. They still need to get rid of Garrett Bowles. They still need to get a right tackle, which is probably going to be Juwan James 
which is talk about another weird situation. They need a, or another right guard unless they get a center to push Connor McGovern back to right guard. They need to get the offensive line figured out. But in terms of Drew Locke, I actually I agree with Vic Fangio in that he handled the conditions pretty well, and he'll put this in the bank and learn from it. And I think that's that's all you take from this game. Because when you look at John Elway's first game in Kansas City in December, he threw four interceptions. I'm not saying Drew Locke is going to be John Elway, but to bring this all around and in this little spiel, the key is going to be what Drew Locke learns from this. And I think he has the makeup. I think he has the confidence and the approach to learn from it, to know he has to be better and he will be better. I think I just, I have that belief in him that that's going to happen. Right. No, I, 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 I do agree with you actually on that. And it's interesting that Mace tweeted out that stat on John Elway, because remember in the last show, we talked about at what point did you know when, when somebody had it, right? At what point did you know when this guy was going to be the guy moving forward? And, and my dad, the old man was in town and he answered that question. He said, Hey, just so you know, it was, it was after that Colts game when the Broncos came back and beat the Colts after being down 19 to nothing in 1983. It was a huge comeback, and it was the moment that he, at least he, as a Broncos fan, knew that John Elway was going to be the guy. Now, Mace follows that up with this tweet about John Elway following that that game up with one of his worst games in you know as as a rookie. And and to me, that's a, a good example of of where we should be right now as fans. Now, again, I'm not sure that everything is candy canes and rainbows with with Drew Locke as your starting quarterback. However, the notion of having it right or of having the ability to be the guy, I think we may have have sort of gotten to that point. And a game like this is going to happen to a player like Drew Locke. And did you know? I kind of was thinking about this, the, you know, the Drew train, right? The Drew Locke train sort of derailed today uh, against the Chiefs. And and it, it that happens in the snow. Trains go off the tracks in the snow. And Drew Sember has left a lump of coal in our stocking. Sure, but it's not only coal. There's, there's some good stuff in there too. And you make a really good point about the fact that Drew Locke played, a, he played his worst game, right? I don't think there's any question about that. And... It wasn't great. It wasn't good. It was bad, but it wasn't the end of the world. And at no point did I get the sense that the game was too big for him while he was out there. It was just a bad game. And and to me, that's a different way of seeing things than we have seen from other quarterbacks in Denver in the last few years, where you could tell that games were too big for guys, that, that there were things about the game that they couldn't match up to. And I don't think that's the problem with Drew Locke. I think he's young. I think he's a bit of a gunslinger. That interception in the end zone was was a guy who was just trying to do more than he should have been trying to do in a situation that shouldn't have been, uh, he shouldn't have put himself in. And instead of taking chunks out of the field, he was trying to go for too much. Young guys, gunslingers, they're going to do that sometimes. I'm okay with that as long as there's growth. And you can't have growth without without some of those stumbling blocks. And this is a stumbling block. This is a moment for him as a starting quarterback in the NFL to grow from. And and it, I think that 
from what we have seen from him, he will grow from this. This is not something that's going to tear him down. This will roll off his back and he'll be fine. And that, I think, is more important than the outcome of this game. And it wasn't that bad. The Broncos as an organization are horrible in December in Kansas City. Like most organizations who play in December in Kansas City that aren't the Chiefs. John Elway had one win in December at Arrowhead as the starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos. One. And Drew Locke made his first start in Kansas City in December when the conditions aren't ideal for a quarterback making his third start. So there, there is a lot to take away from this, but it wasn't that bad. It wasn't like he came out and crapped all over the field. He has some plays that he would like to have back. But at the same point, he made some plays. There is some good, there is some bad, but I don't think it moves the needle that much one way or the other, depending on however you view Drew Locke coming into this game. But what it does show me is at the very least, he is still the unquestioned starter going into 2020. Yeah, absolutely. I guess the other question, though, and I'm going to pivot away a little bit from Drew Locke, and I do sort of want to focus on some of the other offensive players. I think, obviously, offensive line is the issue that the Broncos are facing, and it was made plain by the way that they played in this game. But you talked about some of the drops from the wide receivers and the issues with tight ends and running backs and those those kinds of problems. But I will say that the guy who continued to step up for Drew Locke was Cortland Sutton. And and I Absolutely. I was really happy to see that. And yes, he had I think he only had four catches on eleven targets, which is not great. Uh, a lot of those, you know, issues with the with him only getting four catches comes from uh the weather and things like that. But the the play that sticks out in my mind was that that play on the uh I guess it was like first and uh, or you know, second down, they were essentially on the on their own one yard line, and they threw what looked like a bubble screen to Cortland Sutton in the end zone still, and he takes it for twenty something yards on a, on a run off that. That to me was that shows a lot of confidence in Sutton, and it shows a lot of confidence in their ability to allow their playmakers to make plays. So that was one of those things. The way that they utilized him. I, I have a little more confidence again that that growing relationship, the rapport that Drew Locke and Cortland Sutton have with each other, the the relationship between Drew Locke and Noah Fant. I think again is is another one that you continue to see grow. Look, I know that this sounds like we're sort of, and it does. To, as we're talking, it sounds like we're just. I don't want to say making excuses, but it's almost like we're just trying to blow sunshine up where the the sun don't shine. But I don't think that's what we're doing here. I think that what we're really pointing at is there are areas of concern. There are things that need to be fixed. There are there are ways to fix them. Defensively, there are problems in the secondary. And still at linebacker, if you ask me, middle linebacker is, you know, A.J. Johnson's a, a, a really good player, but I still think they have some things to do there. Up front, they still have some issues with the defensive line. The offensive line is a mess. They have They still have to figure out which wide receiver is going to be that number two wide receiver or do they draft somebody they still have issues but that doesn't mean that there aren't some positive things here to build on and even in this game with that they lose 23 to 3 
you can find some positive things, those positive issues or those positive sort of building blocks that are there that will help carry this team into the next few seasons. The throw and the call, the play call from Scangarello on fourth down to go for it and a huge credit to Vic Fangio for going for it and then to Scangarello for the play call. But that throw from Drew Locke to Noah Fant was another money throw. That is another moment where you see that he has it because that's a big time moment. That's a fourth down play. And he delivers with a great throw to Noah Fant. So, and then the throw to Cortland Sutton in the end zone. It was a great throw. It was a great attempt to catch the ball by Cortland Sutton. But tip your cap to Tyron Matthew for breaking it up. That was a great play by Matthew to knock the ball out of Sutton's hands because I I think over 50% of the time, around 50% of the time, maybe 60%, 60 60-40, that's going to be a touchdown against any other safety in the National Football League. And who knows what happens if that goes as a touchdown. It may fire up the defense and they may get a strip sack or whatever, but I doubt it because, oh, wait, Travis Kelsey just picked up 40 yards uncovered. I was going to say, it looked like I was just, I saw breaking news come across the, the computer here that Kelsey just had another catch. It's just getting ridiculous here. He should know the but game is not, over. It's not, it's not about blowing smoke or rainbows up people's derrieres. You can, you can be frustrated with the performance. You can be frustrated with how they got embarrassed again. But you can also see the positives. You're you're still able to see the forest through the trees. And the forest is those positive developments, those the rapport that Drew Locke is building with Cortland Sutton, that he's building with Noah Fant. That's what you can see. You can start to see, hopefully, Rich Scangarello developing his relationship with his rookie quarterback. I I, I mean, despite not getting any points on the drive, that – that drive that started at their own one or two for the Broncos. I love the way they battled and and played on that, especially Cortland Sutton and Drew Locke. They didn't give up. Two of the players who didn't. And that's that's a positive development. And I, I no one hates the Broncos losing to the Chiefs more than me, especially now. But knock on wood. The Broncos still have as many wins in January in Arrowhead as the Chiefs. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. 
Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.